Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Live, the fastest growing podcast within the libertarian movement. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian, and I'm very excited tonight to have on the absolute man, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, the bearded truth. We're going to talk about Russia, Ukraine, economics. We're going to talk about everything. Look, the Constitution. Have we lost it? Have we lost our Constitution? Yes or no? If we have, what can we do to get it back? If no, what do we need to do immediately to fix what we have going on? We have one of the smartest and most educated and articulate persons that is so underrated. Jason Lyon from Muddy Waters Media. Mr. Merka, the Barricade Truth. Mr. M- sorry. Uh, Mr. Merka, the Bearded Truth. Because I will stumble over that because I disagree, to be honest with you. He is not the Bearded Truth. I have a much better beard than he has. So I struggle with delivering that because I just, I don't believe in it. I don't. But. He is amazing, and we will get to it exactly right now on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Who is you love the most? Much, much more than Jason Lyon, but much, much less than Joe Soloski. Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania Governor. J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I for Pennsylvania. The key to Pennsylvania's success. And uh, Nicole Schultz is the absolute key to Joe Selassie's success. So, moving on. Let's get on to the program. Jason Lyon, what's happening, my friend? I feel like I'm sitting in Kyiv right now with all these bombs getting dropped my way. Uh (laughs) Oh, oh, really? (laughs) Oh man, uh, how are you doing? Bombs, today, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, dude, I'm doing great. I, um, uh, you know, one of us can see the viewers can see one of our necks. One of us doesn't have a neck. One of us does. I don't. I don't know if that determines a better beard or oh, not. Oh, you're but... trying to go through the beard argument. Okay, so oh, oh. Well, uh, <laughs> massive out here, and see no neck. Oh. Just just because yours is longer doesn't mean it's better. Oh, it's longer and girthier. And, and if you ask anyone for the honest truth, I mean, size matters. 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> also uh, thickness matters. Also, blackness matters. Ooh, ouch, so, ouch! All right, that's racist. All right, now uh, that's going to your next you, segment. Hey, <laughs> hey if, if you want to be racist, that's fine. Go ahead and be racist. My beard is not racist. It's just better. It's just uh, how it is. <laughs> no, uh, uh, in all serious, man, I love you, bro. You are fantastic. How are things going? Dog. Uh, Things are great, man. I, I love you and I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to come come back on here and uh, to chat it up. I mean, this list of things that we're going to talk about tonight, could it be any more engaging? Could it be any more like, oh, I don't know. I am, I'm just so you sent me the topic list and thankfully you gave me a heads up because I got to get got to get on point for you and, and of course for your audience. But I've I've been sitting here just riveting over all this stuff and and I'm so incredibly excited. So so thank you so much, Cajun, for for the opportunity, man. You're still muted, bro. There we go. Sorry, I've got some uh I've got some difficulties in the background here. Apparently, one of my previous shows decided that they were gonna play, and now I can hear it in the background. And I, uh, <laughs> so I'm dead serious, bro. Like I That's, can, I can hear my the muddied waters technical issues, right? Is right? It, it it consumes everything? <laughs> can, can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me right now? Yes, yes, we can hear you just fine. Okay, so. good. I, I I got the background music cut off. There's already freaking 14 comments. Um, we'll get to those in a minute. Sorry about the, uh, the, the complication. So no, absolutely. Dude, you're, you're, you're amazing. I thank you so much for, uh, coming on the show. So what I wanted to start off with here, let me, uh, let me change the scenery real quick. What I wanted to start off with is a little bit different than what people would might expect from tonight's show and from what's going on in the world. But I think it's it, it, immeasurably important immeasurably and i mean that sincerely and wholeheartedly and I also mean it for the last few decades our constitution mm -hmm. you are a specialist this is your wheelhouse for those of you that don't know uh jason lyon mr murka the almost bearded truth because i'm a better <laughs> beard than he is uh he is a fantastic uh, analyst when it comes to the constitution so, so let me ask you jason how, is our constitution just absolutely shredded? Do we have any chance of getting back to it? What, what's the deal when it comes to that? And what oh. can we do to recover? So first of all, I appreciate the the uh, the faith in that. Um, but when it comes to the constitution, some of the things that we have to look at and, and understand is there's multiple pillars of what the constitution was supposed to do. Now, what, what of these are standing strong? What are these are shaking? Which of these are just completely broken and, and looking at it through those pillars, right? So we can look at it from the economic side, what Congress is supposed to be able to do because they're supposed to be the power of the purse. What are they doing with the functions right. of money? Is it within the bounds of the constitution? How much of it is outside those bounds? No, definitely say that that's incredibly shaky, right? As a as a nation, right. when we say here thirty trillion dollars in debt, they've had no regard for your money today, nor for your money tomorrow, um, which is why they've driven that up. 
the uh, giving unlimited authority to the Federal Reserve to print. I mean, we, I believe that you've covered it, and and so many of us have covered extensively um, the the amount that the printing machine went burr over the last couple of years. <laughs> it's 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 no wonder that we're having the inflation rates that we're having now. Um, so financially constitution not adhered to at all. I, I don't see a, a reasonable path. Even if we elected libertarians across the board in every seat, I don't see a path forward to actually um, long stand a constitutional regard to, uh, to the fiscal policy. I don't see us getting back to that. Um, when it comes to the actual powers delegated, so like what what speaks about when it when it comes to the Tenth Amendment, and of course right. by default the Supremacy Clause, what powers are actually being given to the governments? What powers have been ceded from our, our from the states and from the people respectively in accordance with the Tenth? Could we see a shrinking of 70, 80, 90 percent of the federal government? I don't see it. I think that no. right now the best thing that we can do, and and I hate to be the doom and gloom this all sucks kind of guy, but the best thing that we can do is, and and this is why I'm engaged in politics because as a, this may be controversial, uh, as an anarchist, uh, there's, there's two types of anarchists. Um, there's two types of anarchists. There's the anarchists that say, fuck politics. I'm not going to, sorry. There's the anarchist that says, forget (laughs) politics. Um, I'm not going to be a part of that. And then there's the anarchists that say, I'm going to fight to keep my shoelaces. It's such right. a small, insignificant thing to keep your shoelaces. But if you're going to fight to do it, that's what we got to do. And so for us, we have to instill uh, upon the culture and everything else to drive the culture to be better. But the idea that we're going to be able to shrink the government, it, it's just falling away. And to support this, there's um, a topic that I'm going to be covering coming up soon. I've been working with a couple lawyers in order to get make sure that I've got everything tailored uh, properly for this conversation, but nobody's really talking about it. And it was a Supreme court case back in the nineties. It's called Chevron deference. And it, it, this is like the last yep, step yep, yep, yep. Um, in the expansion, but this is what actually allows for federal agencies to become the judicial branch, to become the executive branch and to become the legislative branch. So what they do is they create, and you guys have all seen this, they create uh, mandates and they say, if you don't follow this, we're going to fine you. We're going to punish you. So they create it through the legislative as the legislative branch. They then enforce it as the judicial or as the executive branch. And then, you know, they find you guilty and then you have to pay it. And then they use the judicial branch um, as a part of them. So huh. we have this this absolutely omnipotent uh, omnipotent uh, entity in the the bureaucrats. In the federal agencies, the ATF, the CDC, um, the NSA—I mean, all these things where you know they're supposed to be under under the guise of the executive branch itself, which means that the powers that the executive branch has is what the to the limitations that they would have. Instead, they have unlimited reign, and so correct, we're stuck. <laughs> we're right, stuck. Right, right. There's so, no limits to our government. There's none. So uh, <laughs> with that. A little bit doom and gloom there, but you're on my <laughs> level, right? So um, you and I talk, we, we talk all the time, you know, frequently yeah. more than most people do outside of the internet. But um, I had Matt Kibbe on, and you know that. And 
I was asking him, you know, I was talking with him. He's like, dude, you need to be more of a uh, an optimist. And I'm looking at the situation. I'm going like, <laughs> you know, look, Matt, I, I I want to be, you know, you're you're a great voice for liberty, and I want to be optimistic. But let's look at the circumstances. It, it really feels like our constitution has absolutely been shredded to pieces, and and. Maybe there's a few remnants left over that some people are willing to fight for. And those people are in Congress, which means I don't trust them. But is yeah. there any is there any revival to this? And if not, obviously, you and I are on the same same wavelength with, you know, Look, let's just uh, let's kind of uh, not necessarily violently burn it down to the ground, but theoretically in a in a peaceful sense, let's yeah. burn it to the ground and let's start over because this isn't working. Absolutely. But is there any way out of this with peace? See, that's the thing. Like I've I've been, we of course have seen so many people discuss around the ideas of secession. And anytime you mention that word, suddenly yes. people think it's got to be violent. It's got to be a civil right. war. And right. It's just like, no, no, if I want to peacefully leave this contract or the compact that is the constitution, if I want to leave the country, yep, it's only because you want to force me to stay that it becomes violent. And, and so we kind of are stuck in this, this we're stuck to the Titanic. We've hit the iceberg. It's just a matter of when we go down. Um, as a nation and and looking at it from a historical context and and i love matt kibbe but i would love to be optimistic but i can't be optimistic right. and go we are the longest standing government right now yep. there's no other government yep. that's lasted longer than us right yep. now and let me say, let me say this real. sorry ahead. sorry no i wanted to hear what you had to say right there but yeah. let me uh, just to give some context so that you can flesh this out because i know that comment and what you were about to say is very important now, in Matt Kibbe's defense, he did say that the reason that we are optimistic is because we have to be. Yeah. If we want resolution <laughs> to any of this, then we have to be optimistic. So incorporate that idea into what you were just saying. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, you're good. You're absolutely good. And and he's speaking truth because when we when we talk about creating movement, when we talk about creating um, – change in culture right the only way to do that is to talk about where you are the doom and gloom right. talk about yeah. how, where you want to be that's the optimism that's what is so important with the matt kibbe's message of what he's saying you have to talk about the optimism and then you have to give a a uh, a legitimate path a path that you can tangible tangibly see and follow in order to get right. from from the doom and gloom to the optimism um the problem is, is that it, we're effectively sitting here at at the onset of 2007 and we're going, we're about to go through this huge crash. What can we do? Well, the optimistic thing is I can take care of myself. I can take care of my family. I can brace the suck or I can embrace the suck and brace for the suck. 
Um, and I could let this, this thing just kind of take its course. And as it, as it crashes, I can then can come together, build up my community and give that optimistic path forward. Hey, look guys, we don't need the government in this. This is what the government had was able to accomplish with its 250 years of existence. It put us in massive amounts of debt. It, it crushed us, uh, for trade. It crushed us in this way, that way, and the other we can do this as a community. We can homestead, we can work together and we can find a new way of, of living life. And so, <clears throat> you know, I, Matt Kibbe and talking about being optimistic, it's incredibly important. It absolutely is, which is why like we will continue to, you're going to continue putting out great content about the current events and everything going on. I'll continue to talk about the different policies and the philosophy um, yes. on specific issues each and every episode of Fridays on Muddy Waters Media. Um, because we have yes. to have those those paths forward. Uh, you like that little <laughs> selfless plug? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I love the plug. <laughs> love it. That was a perfect plug, dude. Um, <laughs> but it, it we keep giving those those little little nuggets. It's like what we're at, where we're at today, is not something that we should be proud of. It's not something that's encouraging. It's right. not something that's good. Um, but we can by being leaders within our own communities, whether it's in your family and on your neighborhood of your streets in your city, on your County, whatever it is, if yes. you become a leader, you will inspire others to, to lead as yes. well. And that's what we have to do. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Because it starts right there in your hometown. It starts right in your community. I, I have talks every day. I just had one today. <laughs> happened today uh, an amazing conversation with somebody and just advancing the idea of how intrusive and how uh, abusive our government really is on our own citizens while they sit up there on microphones and act like they're doing things for the best of the people and i, I just it every day in average conversations matter they matter big time. Your citizenry, the people that you share your next doors with, the people yes. that you share your gas stations, your, your grocery stores with, those are the people that you have to talk to. That's yes. extraordinarily important because if we're going to change the format of how the people of the United States view our American policies, foreign policies, political policies, it has to be door to door. It has to be to the average neighbor. Sorry to yeah. rant about that. That's just that's no. a big thing for me. No, you got to kill it when it comes up, man. Every time. I mean, you got to take those, take that. Um, no, it's, it's right there. It, it's got to be in our communities. And, and you spoke on something and I want to, I want to reflect on this real quick. And you had said that, you know, the, the, the government, the, the politicians, they're shredding the constitution. Um, yeah. The 10th amendment was actually, or the first 10 amendments, right? The bill of rights. Those were, that was actually was the, the, First attempt at a civil war, if we were not to get the Bill of Rights enacted into um, or ratified into the Constitution, there was going to be a civil war. And and so over that, out of those first 10 amendments, right, the freedom of speech, religion, et cetera, right. uh, protests and all that, the right to keep and bear arms, uh, not to quarter military in your house, you know, privacy, you know, right. against yourself, yada, yada, yada. Out of those first 10, only number three of we are not actively quartering military in our own quarters or in our own homes. Right. That's the only one that's not getting shredded right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> 
Everything else, <laughs> disregard it. Point so, to it whenever uh, the opposite team hates it. Right. So basically, um, in, in regards to the Constitution, we are uh, – and I think this is obvious, right? This is not a, a, a gotcha question. I'm pretty sure that everybody knows what's going on. But in your opinion, from somebody who is close to me, somebody that I talk to every day and I consider a close friend, you know the Constitution better than anybody else that I personally know. Wow. So it's basically been shredded and, and we're left with, you know, yeah. pieces the, of the entire framing of the constitution was this idea that we were going to have 13 States. They were going to have different representations. So there was one level of, of the federal government that was going to be a representative of the people, right? The house of the people, house of representatives. The second right. one was, which is the Senate that was supposed to be a representative of the States, which meant that the state legislators. So the people in your state, were going to vote for your state legislators. They would then vote to have uh, senators for each, uh, for each state, two per state. And then of course, the national was a vote of a weighted, um, a weighted vote based across the country, right through the electoral college. Right now, what we're seeing through political movements, right through the Seventeenth Amendment, which changed up from it being a state senator to being now or your state congress or your general assembly or whatever of them voting in right. your senators, to where now, as we see it today, it's a popular vote across your entire state. So now you only have the people voting mm. for two thirds of the judicial branch. If you, if you count the president being that because they have to sign the laws. Right. And what do we know? We know of course, right now that there's a large push from big cities or big, big city bearing States, big population States to push us to a popular vote for the president of the United States. There's a, a, a specific party that's kind of upset that they keep losing because they don't care about the Midwest. It's just like, well, the Midwest cares about the Midwest and until they don't. Right. You're stuck. So <clears throat> the, the the basic framing of what the Constitution was supposed to be and the framing of, of how the federal government was supposed to be, that has been taken out. Now, you can say you can argue that, of course, that that amendment was properly put in. And so, therefore, it's in the pursuance of the Constitution because amendments are important. Did you lose me? Right. No, uh, no okay. um, sorry. Um, my screen. Went <laughs> um, you could argue that. And it's just like, yeah, sure. Uh, but was it good? Should it have been like, I don't know, maybe the prohibition of alcohol where we said, yeah, we fucked up. I'm sorry. We messed <laughs> up. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> Sick up. Um, I, I gotta be better about that. My bad. Um, <laughs> it happens. You know, like, should we be better about this and actually remove this amendment? And I, I am a firm believer in restoring states' authority to the federal government in some way. That's Without so it, it, it takes yeah, away the yeah. test. Oh, Give me one second. I, I'm sorry. That's funny because um, I've actually had arguments with libertarians, and even Ron Paul has said it, right? So states don't have rights. Only people have rights. But, you know, when it comes to the Tenth Amendment, this – this crap is important, right? Because we, we need our states to have the authority to say, hey, look, no, federal government, you don't have the authority to do that over our state yeah. according to the constitutional 10th Amendment. 
So it's remarkable for me to see and have to argue with literally libertarians about how a state doesn't have right. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you advocating for a dictatorial regime on the federal level? Or are you advocating for the government to be closest to the people as possible? Which the F is it? I don't understand it. What? Why? How in the hell can they argue that states don't have constitutional authority to reject federal uh, mandates? Yeah. How, explain that to me, please. It, it, so the problem is that libertarians, we're nerds, right? And so we get into the theoreticals. Yes, a, a mob of people does not have rights. You, each individual within those mobs have rights. So therefore the mob itself doesn't have rights. It's just the rights of the people. Right. But so when we talk about within the confinements of the constitution and the compact and everything else, yes, the states do have rights. They were afforded powers. And we, we shorten that by saying they have rights. Um, so I a hundred percent agree with you. It, it's ridiculous to say states don't have rights under the system. States do have rights and they need to be able to get those. And of course, this is uh, solidified Correct. by article six clause three for anyone who's at home reading along with us. Uh, but that's the supremacy clause. <laughs> Any law in the pursuance there uh, in the pursuance thereof is, is supreme law of the land. Anything that's not is, is not. And by justification of the 10th amendment powers that are not delegated to the to the federal government fall to the states or to the people respectively. So clearly the states have powers and and those powers, we can call them rights. Like we can simplify language in order for the convenience of not having to go through and like knock down all this content. It's like, come on, just stop being, stop being libertarian. Stop being the act. Actually (laughs) leave it alone. That, that, that part frustrates me so much. It's like, you're trying so hard to be philosophical and you forget that you're literally on the internet and that there are potentially millions of people that can see what you have going on in the incorrection that you are literally distributing out to the globe via the internet and saying that states don't have authority. That's bad. Like if you advocate, and this is to me, okay, this is my thing. And I know I just said this, but for real, if you advocate for states not having authority over their states, even if it's government, we are living under a quote unquote constitutional republic. Okay, that's our system of government. Yep. Or quote unquote our system of government. Right. And, and so it, it right. <laughs> <laughs> it, you cannot argue that states don't have rights or authority if you're not advocating for a dictatorial regime, a a literally totalitarian regime. If you advocate for states don't have the right to defend what they want to do based on their voters, then you are literally saying that the federal government can tell every single person in every single state, regardless of boundary state line, any of that, that this is what you have to obey or follow. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. And here's here's what we've seen historically, and here's what we're seeing to this day. I mean, you've got gun grabber Lindsey Graham using this right now for red flag laws, as he's been for the last couple of years. Hmm. What they do, what the federal government does is they say, hey, look, you need money. We've got money. Here you go. Here's a bunch of billions and trillions of dollars that we never actually made. We just either A, printed it, or B, stole it from your people. So here's a bunch of money. Now, the problem, of course, is that there's all these strings attached 
to that money. And so if you want this money, which we want to give it to you, you right. got to follow these strings. And so that's how we got the seatbelt laws. That's how we got the the uh, increase of of drinking age from 18 to 21. That's how we've seen a lot of things come through. And it's not because the states themselves were in favor of it, but because they they needed the money because let's let's hmm. face it, government's greedy and they want to take in as much as they, they it's can. Distortion. Yeah. And so so they keep accepting this money. And right now. Because I referenced that Lindsey Graham wants to implement red flag laws. And and for anyone who has been missing that conversation, red flag laws are basically that you get in a fight with somebody and you say, I don't really think that this person's safe and they've got firearms. And so the, the, the judicial process does its duty. And then you get a knock on your door at five o'clock in the morning. And if you're happen to be 64 year old Gary Willis of, of Maryland, uh, they knock on his door at five 30 in the morning and uh, they kill him. It, because he wouldn't give up his guns um it, it it's these things when you have a, a a u.s senator saying we need to pass these laws to have money go to these states so that these strings of you have to implement red flag laws to get this money is exactly one of those issues that that we're facing of a dictatorial federal government yeah. controlling all of the different states. Of course, now that we're at 50 states, there's supposed to be 50 different experiments. But as the federal government continues to centralize all those things, the only difference between uh, the only major difference between states is is quickly becoming the state insurance that you you see for health insurance and the taxes you're going to pay for your roads. I mean, <laughs> that's it. Like we're seeing wow. just taxes and, and a couple social safety uh, safety nets. That's that's the big differences between all the states. That's that, that that's absolutely in my mind terrifying, actually, because yeah, th yeah, there's no um, there, there's no recovery from this. I will say that there is some recovery from it, but it will take uh you know, probably 200 million people or 100 million people marching in the streets, peacefully protesting. I I don't know. <sighs> Correct me if I'm wrong here, but if we could, if we travel down the same course that we are right now, okay, mm -hmm. we continue what we're doing right in this moment. We're lost. Yeah. Yeah. And are we lost already? Yeah. Because I, I obviously, yes. yeah, I would say yes as well. So looking, so that, looking. So as much as smart as we libertarians are, and as much as we can get the actually people out of the way and, and let for good messaging come through and, and good politics come through. Um, the sad part is, is that we're being ruled by the Republicrats. And what we're seeing all too yeah. often is that the Republicrats not only have control within the government, but they also have control over the social media in many ways. They have control over the Overton window in which the, the populace is talking about. And right. as long as both sides are arguing over how to grow the government in their own specific yep. ways, and as the yep. pendulum keeps swinging more radically each way, yeah, we're we're so far down this cliff. I mean, we don't know where the ground is. That's the only thing that's stopping us from from. That's going to be it. We're waiting for the collapse, for the crash right. and the dawn. Right. So you, you and I are just on the exact same wavelength, regardless of look now. OK, I'll say this. We, we do have an obligation to be more optimistic 
as opposed yes. to pessimistic. And I told Spike on Monday, I said, I'm not really a pessimistic. I'm or a pessimist. I'm a realist. Yes. But I'm a nihilist as well. <laughs> I'm not also <laughs> a, <laughs> I'm not really a pessimist. I'm just a realist and a nihilist. And I can see the writing on the wall. I don't, and this is going to sound so terrible to everybody watching and listening. A lot of you are going to be watching later, um, or I'm sorry, listening later. But look, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't see a positive way out of this. Uh, I don't see a, a way that we can resolve our foreign conflicts that we've clearly initiated over the past couple of months. I mean, that, that let's be honest, you know, as libertarians and, and me included, I, I will say that I've said it a bunch of times. I'll continue to say it. I've never voted for Trump. I never will vote for Trump. But what's happened over the last year under the Biden administration has been remarkably stunning. Yes. To say the least. Yes. Stunning. I would have never... Tell me your feelings on this, right? Because I, I literally never would have thought we would be here in a year. I didn't. I thought we would be status quo. I thought we'd be the same old POTUS nonsense, the same old government nonsense, and our lives would carry on the same with with inflation going on, which has been happening for decades. People don't understand yep. that, right? And, <laughs> I'm just I'm stunned at what has happened over the last year. Am I missing something? So <laughs> I was taking so many mental snapshots during the Trump administration because I was like, look at look at all of these people that are outraged. Look at this media company. Look at MSNBC. Look at CNN. I was like. The next administration, when they're in office, they're going to continue doing a lot of these same things. And we're not going to see the same results. And I just I, I posted something on my personal Facebook page earlier of, of speaking to that. It was racist and xenophobic for Trump to not let people come into this country. But now you've got Kamala Harris and Biden both telling people from Guatemala, um, from from multiple countries uh, south of our border, saying, no, 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 don't, don't come here. But then the, suddenly Ukraine's allowed to come in. I was like, is there a term that was frequently used during that administration that maybe we can use in this circumstance? Or is it not applicable because the parties are different? Um, but we're seeing a lot of the continuation of, of those same dastardly things that we saw. Um, and, and I kind of expected this because <clears throat> it didn't matter who they replaced Trump with. Um, there were so many voters and, and I don't want to get into the election night theory, right. um, because that's a huge right. can of worms and I'm not prepared for that by a any means. Big can of worms. Yeah. So, so, but nonetheless, there were a lot of people that voted against trump right if if things were were given to us by the media that are true they voted against trump and so they voted for biden they didn't believe right. in biden nobody believed in biden biden picked kamala harris because he was like i need a woman person of color to to select yep. and then so he's a thin blue liner she's a thin blue liner they're gonna <laughs> coincide on that and we've seen the police stuff that was racist and, and destructive when trump did it it's it's good and and understandable and they've even accused the republicans of being anti-cop which i thought was a 
phenomenal attempt. Um, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I saw that. That was incredible. Like the mental gymnastics that, that are needed for the president, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden, to stand up there and say, "Effing, we it, we don't need to defund the police. We need to fund the police." Like, what the? F- oh yeah, God. it's a it's amazing. So so we had that, and we've had like you know just everything coming through and when it a good segue into the the russia ukraine circumstance is that when we look at the history right so i like to try to look at things from the other side i don't agree with russia on this but trying to put myself in their shoes to understand the history of things culturally russians like to to take people at their word you say something, I'm going to take you for your word until I, I can't right. trust you anymore. 91, there's a promise, not another inch, not another mile east. Of course, now they're they're on that. So you've got, you've got Putin there that's been in power for 25 years. Right. And he's waiting for an opportunity to go and collect up Ukraine. Because Ukraine is the next one coming into NATO. And you see... President Joe Biden come in and make a good intention, but a government expected response of we're going to pull out of Afghanistan. Absolutely. Pull out of Afghanistan. We need to get out of Afghanistan. We've been there for 20 years. It was a terrible mistake. We had the Afghanistan papers, which I covered extensively. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it was a, fantastic. Oh, it was. If, an if atrocity. Let, sorry. Hold on. I, I don't want to cut you off. Let me jump in here real quick. Just to promote you real quick. If you don't know about, Jason's Mr. America Bearded Truth cover on the Afghanistan papers. Go look that up. That is fantastic. Absolutely remarkable. Sorry, go ahead. If I remember correctly, we covered that together, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was phenomenal. So absolutely. We got to pull out. And what did Joe Biden do? He stumbled over himself. Either he showed either two things, and I still haven't determined which one it is, but either A, everyone in the military leadership is incapable of bending his ear or incompetent entirely, or Joe Biden says, I'm going to do what Joe Biden wants to do, and he does whatever the whatever the heck he wants to. And he goes, we're going to leave a bunch of military equipment to hand off in order to have more political enemies in the future, which is the, 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 the historical context of everything we've ever done in the middle East is give it off to the next terrorist group. But this time we did it to the active terror group terrorist group, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah. What a great <laughs> idea that was. And so you look at that from, from the eyes of, of Putin and you go, this guy's an idiot. I I think I can I think this is my opportunity. I think this is my chance. Right. So a couple months later you've you've strategically moved some things around and you're ready to go into Ukraine. And so you start doing this and and here was the thing that I thought was was a true tale that there's just no confidence to be had. The state of the union. Russia wants Ukraine Period. Yeah. Joe Biden stands there at the State of the Union and says, we're drawing a line in the sand around Ukraine into all the NATO nations. If you step one foot over here, we're going to war. Like, how big of a chihuahua are you if you're going to posture there and say, as long if you come into my fenced yard with me on my leash and I can touch you, I'm going to touch you real hard. Like, right. 
Joe Biden, like you just admitted that you're going to give this up. Ukraine is, is his now for the situation. I'm incredibly impressed that Ukraine has been able to survive as long as they have. We expected right. a lot of propaganda to come out and sure enough, there was right. We had the ghost of Kyiv. Uh, we had yep. was a supermodel coming out and fighting yep. with airsoft yep. equipment. Um, but the propaganda is important in order to, to, to rile up the people and keep them going, of course. But, um, I, I didn't expect it to be lasting for this long. Right. Um, uh, so I love you, Ukraine. Right. I, I wish you the best, but <laughs> right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Um, I, again, uh, just to double, double down on that. Yeah. The people of Ukraine, the soldiers that are fighting for, you know, in honesty and for their land and their territory. Absolutely amazing. Fantastic. However, the propaganda that has come out, it's so hard to believe any of it and i choose to believe none of it i'll stand with the people of ukraine that are the innocent people that are suffering yes. the, the the soldiers that have been drugged into this to defend their territory but i also stand with the freaking uh russians that are suffering right now and this yes. is something i'm going to get into economically with carol roth next week and i want to talk about it with you like this is remarkable we keep Oh, we, we just lambast these people with sanctions and it doesn't affect the Russian war machine. It no. doesn't. It affects the people of Russia. They're literally effing telling like Russian talent all over the world. They're like, okay, uh, you can't play piano on our TV show because you're Russian. Like, what the hell are you doing? All of these sanctions are killing the Russian people who have no support of this war. They're killing American people with gas prices who don't want the war. European countries. It's just remarkable what we're doing right now. Yes. It makes no sense. It's hurting all the people that we don't want to hurt, and it's yep. not hurting any of the people that we want. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's... Oh, my favorite was watching like local... Um, alcohol shops throwing away russian sounding vodka and i was like that was distilled in pennsylvania like right? what are you doing <laughs> there's, no, there's no clue it took you five seconds to google that if you would have but yeah no it it you're absolutely right so there's 15 countries right now that have applied sanctions of course these are all modern modernized uh countries so it's not like little countries but it's actual countries with with some trade right. power um exactly impose these sanctions and it's targeting private citizens that's what it's targeting and so they're they're hoping to make some influence there but it's like at the uh, at the end of the day like they have to understand and i don't think that we necessarily do because there's such a cultural difference between america and russia or right. from all these countries right. in russia russia once you get out of the city once you get out of the main cities these people are very anarchic like they yeah. They live on their own. They're like, no, fuck this. Like, I, this is not my government. Um, you go into the cities. I mean, these people are dependent upon it. And so now what you've done is you've actually given. Um, so I had a theory. And in, in, uh, if 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 Ukraine would have fallen sooner, this would have really like set this off perfectly for for Putin in my in in this view. But. Putin is able to say if he was able to take Ukraine in a quick fashion 
take Ukraine and say, look, not only have I empowered Russia by being able to get the natural resources of Ukraine, which is an incredible amount there um, for different, right. a lot of different minerals and everything else. It, it opens up the pipeline uh, that he's trying to do. Um, it opens up a lot of economic opportunities for Russia. But then he goes, look, not only have I helped make us rich, but it's all of the Western nations. And we saw him with talking about yeah. trying to cancel the Western nations hate us. And so we need to be economically Absolutely. prosperous in order to be able to fight for our own survival. This is a way to unify your people. This is a way to um, invigorate a, a, a strong military uh, mentality of, of kill. Um, we are absolutely our good intentions of hurting the Russian people is only fueling that fire for later. I mean, if we can't learn from the history of what we did in the Middle East, maybe could we at least learn what the, what the practical um, endings of what we're doing? Could we like I try that right. once? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. It's amazing. Like it, it is truly astonishing to watch that we have not learned one lesson from what we've, we, and the people, here's the real issue, right? The people of the United States of America don't have correct information. They don't have unbiased, just unfiltered, unfettered, true information as to what is happening. If we had that, then we would fully understand what the hell has been going on, what we did in Afghanistan, what we did in Iraq, what we did in every freaking war over the last 30, 40 100 years <laughs> ever if, if we right ever if we truly understood what actually happened and what actually goes on within these countries when we invade or when we even intercept any sort of media propaganda and, and it's just amazing to me because i guarantee you now i i, I guess i can't say guarantee I feel like I can guarantee at least 90% of the people over the last 40 years have been like, oh, hell no. There's yeah. no way we're going to war. Not a chance. And now we've created literal terror. Can you imagine? I know you do. I know you understand. But for the people watching and the people that are going to be listening later, which are going to be many, right? It, it, can you understand and sympathize, empathize with the people? If you are in a country and your family, hmm. your father, your mother of, of kids in five, six, and we just did this. We just did this in Afghanistan. And your family gets drone striked by American military. What the hell do you think that's going to make these people? I yeah. know if my family got effing drone striked, I would want to kill every one of you. Yeah, look at look at Zelensky right now, right? So Zelensky's sitting here and he's saying, if you don't come to our defense, you want um, you know, you you know, we'll throw out all these things. This man is desperate for his life. If you go back to the first couple days of the invasion, when you were looking at subway cars of families sitting in there, hunkering down in shelters, uh, in subway tunnels and everything else to yep. survive this, you know, we had heartbreak all across social media and that's the correct response. Yep. Now, 
uh, I can't take credit for this, but Nathan Weiss of, of Ohio, I believe, he took a picture of that, of a family with the father saying goodbye to the kids and the mother, and, and they're going off on a train, and he's staying back to fight. And he's, it's got the little girl's hand and, and the father's hand through the glass. I mean, just I mean, I just gave myself chills just thinking about it again. But you think about that and then you go, that was, we were Russia in Iraq. We were Russia in Afghanistan. We were Russia in Yemen. We were Russia in Syria. We were Russia in like, just go through the list. And it's just like, oh, it's a sobering experience for people who haven't like reflected on that way. And it hurts. It, it, I've thought of it that way and it still shatters my soul every time I think about it. I, I can't get through that. It hurts. It hurts bad. Oh. I'm talking about like, it, it hurts to the point to where when I think about it, I have to not think about it because it's so soul crushing to think. And here's the heart, the hardest part that, and look, there is some light to this, right? But I don't know if you're, if you're experiencing it, but I am, but to think about all of these situations and then to express those situations. And let's be honest, it's to the conservative crowd. This is what we've been doing. This is the thing that you've been screaming and preaching that America is the loud and proud and in the omnipotent being of social justice and, in peace and just justice in general. Right. Exactly. Just justice in general. And then you look at what we've actually done and the things that, I mean, brutal, like I I don't even know. I've been a year into this, right? Maybe a little bit over a year. You know that you've been with me basically the whole time. (laughs) And I'm like, just stunned, just stunned every time i learn about the atrocities and the war crimes that we have committed and then our people want to be shocked when they're terrorists yeah right you want to be shocked when the uh ukrainian people stand up to to russia who who has been to so many it's amazing and i don't Here's the issue, and, and I, I want to get back to let to your opinions, right? But I gotta yeah. say this real quick. <laughs> Here, here's the issue: is that we've had so much of the propaganda, in that I think at, we're at a point in time right now that there are so many people being red pilled, and there's some arguments over Twitter, right? They're like, "We're not libertarians; don't red pill people." That's Republican. No, you moron, dumbass. I'm talking about red pill from the Matrix. People are waking <laughs> up. Right, they're not red pill and Republicans, you retard. We're talking about it has a specific being, reference, like learn the reference, specific <laughs> reference, right? Like you're being your eyes are being opened to the reality of what's happened and how much murderous and destructive and absolute chaotic absurdity that the US government has caused in a vast amount of countries all over the world. And as soon as we can get people to, if we can get people just to wake up to that, then we can address coronavirus mandates. We can't even talk about coronavirus mandates because they don't even understand that we're committing. We've been committing genocide all over the world for decades. 
sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, it's 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 spot on. And and to your point about like the military complex of what we've been in, um, it's one of my least favorite facts that I know, and that I share every time it comes up. Um, so 1776 was a was an important year for our nation, of course. Um, and that was the beginning. And only since then, 21 years of those years have we been in peace. Yep, 21 years. 21 years. 21 years. So 220, what is it? 226 years as a nation. 205 of them, we've been at war. It's it's astounding. It just blows my mind that this is this is the default position of let's go to war. Let's go and send our men and women to go fight for the oligarchs. Let's go fight for yep. for uh, you know Boeing. Let's go fight for Lockheed Martin. Let's go fight for for the stock market. Let's go fight for the petrodollar. Let's let's do this through war. And we wonder why the people are groomed to see all of these military people as just nothing but the heroes. But at the end of the day, like when we learn this stuff, when we actually get beyond the propaganda, we learn about the truths of what's been committed. Um, you know, I spoke a lot um, in over the years of, of what's going on in Yemen. We supported wow. Saudi Arabia in an attempted genocide since 2014. And so yeah. that was of course, during the Obama years. So let's not blame Trump for it. Um, but Trump is also not without fault in this. So what no, we he, did he was we, yeah, we provided uh, military intelligence officers, military intelligence itself. We provided uh, bombing equipment. We provided refueling missions for those bomber runs. We were bombing schools. We were bombing hospitals. We were bombing weddings. And then we were bombing those ensuing funerals in order to just kill people. We've There were sanctions put in place to prevent uh, food, water, and, and – um, and medical teams from coming into the nation or medical supplies to coming into the nation to provide for those people. I think the number was over a hundred thousand children have been killed as a result of this um, since the beginning, a hundred thousand children. Um, and so we sit here and, and I'm like, man, it's, it's just devastating to know that the American government forces our hand onto this because this was a, a single handedly uh, executive order by the president of the United States at the time, Barack Obama. And then we finally had a bipartisan support bill of get pulling us out. And it was um, it was actually was one of the only pieces of legislation I've ever agreed with Bernie Sanders on in its totality. But it was, hey, let's get the American support out of this. And so with overwhelming support not veto proof but overwhelming support it passed in both the house yeah. and the senate it went to president trump's desk and he said we've got a couple billion dollars in sales that's going to to saudi arabia i can't risk that and so he vetoed it <laughs> and so still to this day we're still nice. supporting saudi arabia in an yeah. attempted genocide and and, and it, i spoke what <laughs> My fault. Go ahead. And we spoke what? Um, and I, I was speaking earlier on on um, 
on my show the earlier this morning or this afternoon. I'm, my time's all messed up. Um, but it, it was always, why doesn't this matter to the American people? Why doesn't this matter? And of course, it's the whiff of what's in it for me. Well, if it doesn't affect me directly, right? I don't know what what Lockheed Martin is doing. I don't know what these military things are happening. I don't know all these circumstances because the propaganda doesn't allow for this to come forth. Then I, why would I care? And, and so when you talk about the propaganda and you talk about us breaking through this, of course, the fourth branch of government, as everyone knows, is the media. They've been providing a scapegoat and coverage for the government time and time again. Yeah. And we're kind of stuck. We're kind of stuck having to go to your alternative news sources. That's why Cajun Libertarians, the show you guys got to tune into every single time he comes up. This is why you've got to keep following all of these different podcasters, because we're diving into this stuff to make sure that you guys are getting the real clear picture and getting the bigger truth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the thought. But you guys, why we're here. Yeah, it's exactly why we're here, because to and I get this from my dad all the time, right? He's like, oh, you're just giving that perspective because you're a libertarian and that's libertarian party perspective. I'm like, dude, no, this is the real world. Like I can show you the receipts of how America has not been the good guy for a long time, a freaking long time. We have been murdering people overseas and then we've been instigating uh, friction within our own country while we passed laws that nobody had any that's the problem like we that's one of the biggest problems I, I have with our country right we started wars over tea and taxation without representation yeah I'm not advocating for violence let me let me A say 3%. that first and foremost right <laughs> exactly I'm not advocating for for violence and and my FBI agents and my NSA agents I know you're watching it's fine. Um, I'm not advocating for violence. I'm just referencing the fact that we literally started wars over tax on tea. And now we have gotten so comfortable and lazy and fat that we can just work our job every day. And we've allowed these people to just completely overhaul and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but absolutely shred the Constitution. Yes. They don't care about it. They laugh in your face when you talk about the Constitution. Yep. And so what does that breed? It breeds government corruption, and it absolutely breeds murder. Yes. You're talking about killing intentionally. They are intentionally killing innocent human lives, not just overseas, but they've started it here too. Oh, just of not course. in the same fashion, right? We saw Cuomo there in New York. He was just like, oh, old people? Big facts. Sorry, you guys got to have the COVIDs. Um, And he got, (laughs) he got, he was forced to resign over sexual harassment. He didn't even give, he, yes, they're, they're literally killing people here. Yes, 100%. Um, But, but to your point about the, the, the Tea Party, the revolution over 3%. um, Right. It's really interesting. Because when we look at, at Ukraine, they're kind of going through that same thing. Um, they're kind of going through that revolution of fighting for their own independence from Mother Russia as we were from, from Mother England. Um, it's really interesting parallels going on over there. Um, and I'm really, 
beyond the propaganda, I really hope that, that people are able to, to get their own and keep their own um, because that's what we advocate for, of course. Um, but it, it's um, I want to ask because I'm, I'm starting to see some people bring up some stuff in your comment section. If you guys are in the audience, give a list of, of things that we've seen that the government has done wrong to people. We've got Operation Mockingbird already in the comment section. Let me know. Let, let me hear about uh all of the different things, right? Operation Paperclip, things like that. Put it in the comment section. Let us see what you guys know. Um, yeah. Because we all know that the government just it doesn't care about us. No, and, and I will say this too. I'll, I'll take it a step further. This is something that I've started to realize as of late is that it's not just that the government doesn't care about us. They literally go out of their way to rain down oppression mm -hmm. because if they can if they can make you understand this is something that normies don't get right if they can make you accept the fact that you could that you have to pay the government to go fishing then they can make you accept anything i mean think about that right you can't go to a pond or a lake legally or an ocean that we uh, have it, you know, in, within our yeah enclosure, right within our. Territory. Did you see the Ohio tweet? You have to, huh? Did you see the Ohio tweet? It was no. a it was a member of Congress from Ohio. He was like, "Uh, so people need to have a fishing license, but they don't have to have a license to carry arms." It's like, oh. well, we're halfway there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. On the wrong, he was on the wrong side of it, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, this is if they can make if they can convince you without they've done this, they've done this to the mass population. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm self, self projecting because as a kid, you just understand, like, right, if I have to go fishing, then I need to go to Walmart and get my fishing license. That is the trick, right there. Yeah, if it's Oh, I just got to go do this thing and get permission from the government. Now they've got you yep. mentally wholehearted. And it's a slippery slope down the slide of absolute tyranny because it leads 100% to you have to ask our permission for everything, which is the effing opposite of the way we're set up wholeheartedly. It is you work for me, and if you don't do what I say, then I remove you. I literally have a constitution that tells me if I don't like my government, I can remove the whole thing. I can abolish it and start anew. It's and that's remarkable. what we have to do. I want to give you a quote, and then I, I want to touch on that. So the first quote is from Lysander Spooner, who is an American philosopher. For anyone who philosopher, for anyone who uh, is not familiar with him, you could check this quote out. It's it's the quote that turned me from a textualist constitutionalist, so somebody who read the text, took the primary documents, put them together, and that's how I form my opinions. To going, you know what the 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 document means nothing. Um, it's this quote. Whether it be one thing or another, this much is clear. Either the Constitution is allowed for the government that we have or was unable to stop it from being so. In either case, it's unfit to exist. It's time for us to... to... This was a quote from 19... 1840s. 1840s. What? Like, yeah. it, it... Oh, it's... so... 
but to your point about the fishing license and the the grooming of children you're you're right on that and right now we're having cultural wars over other kinds of grooming right the grooming yeah. of of different agendas but we have to be able to take these opportunities and as you see uh smaller government we'll lightly quote that um right. smaller government advocates um as they're talking about this and they're worried about grooming be like have you been groomed to accept that government is who you need to right. get permission from because free men don't need permission free nope. men act in their own self-interest they are able to make commerce and trade amongst themselves and in, in in accordance with the constitution which i just debunked but with that quote right. but the federal Congress, the Commerce Clause was to make regular trade, right? When when you talk about well-regulated from those times in the in the context, well-regulated meant to make regular. So when you're looking to make regular trade, you break down barriers and you don't allow other people to create those barriers. So when it comes to commerce, if I wanted to trade with you, if I wanted to trade with anybody, it, it was just, I've got this. I, you know, I've got. I've got this empty soda bottle. What do you, can I get, can I get that pen that's dead? We make that trade. There's no third person that says, I need a, I need a cut of that. I need a sliver of that. Yep, 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 yep. And, and so that was, that was it. And then they go, well, we can start applying tariffs and we can start doing this, that, and the other. And, and of course, now we're at a point where literally everything you do is taxed or regulated um, yep. or controlled. We've been groomed to accept mother government at the federal level at the state level and then for many of us at the county and even at the city level yeah yeah i mean groomed is the right word i wish i would have uh correlated that terminology into right and what we're talking about it obviously is. most people think about groomed as absolutely applicable by the way we're talking <laughs> about children being groomed but to accept to accept an intervening entity against your wishes uh, if if you weren't groomed an unnatural thing being brought into your lifestyle that's what i would call (laughs) i'll say this yeah no i totally agree i'll say this um gotta give them credit gotta give them credit right they've used a playbook that has worked for thousands of years and it continues to work. So why the hell would they change? Right. I mean, you, you got to give them credit. It's us that has, it's we, the people that has the change. But the issue is, is that we habitually look towards people to lead us instead of being leaders. To me, that's the defining difference. Stop looking for someone to lead and be the number one. Be yes. the leader. Because you don't need anybody to tell you instinctively know what. Seek wisdom, right? Get counsel. Yes. These yes. are all super important spiritual aspects, physical meanings that apply to our uh, daily lives every day. Yes, seek counsel. Seek wisdom. Look to people that are older than you and get that guidance but you don't need a leader and we i i just honestly as a community as a society i don't think we can turn this corner soon enough 
before the the destruction really begins to rain down because we but think we there's destruction now. Let's just wait. Yeah, huh? we can soften that blow. That's 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 yeah. what we're fighting for. We're fighting to mitigate as much damage as we can by being able to make as many turns as possible to make it where as many people are self-prepared, as many people are, you know, set up, you know, of course, right now the controversy is, is where is the U.S. dollar going? Is Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain, mm. is that the way to move? What way are you going to move forward to where regardless of what happens, how are you going to set yourself, your family and your community in the best way possible? So we have to be able to be out there and talking about this. When I joined this party right here, one of the things that that influenced me was that. I sat down, incredible man, his name is Shane Sweeney um, from here in South Carolina. He came on my podcast. I went on his radio show and he's like, so when you join the Libertarian Party, I was like, dude, I'm an individualist. I, I fight for the individual. I empower the individual. I love the individual. I don't care what the individual does. I don't care if you agree or disagree with me. I want you to be empowered the same that I'm empowered. And I want to empower you to the absolute. I yeah. want to give you full control of your life. He said, that's exactly what the Libertarian Party is about. I'm like, so I'm going to join the collective to fight for the individual. I was like, I'm going to pick up my own shovel. I don't need that. And he's like, we'll pick up a shovel with us. We'll be able to help carry you along the way. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 but nonetheless, here we are, you know, fighting the fight. Uh, so we have yeah. to be those leaders. We have to pick up those shovels and we have to show people the way. When you lead the way, Somebody may be better than you and will pick up a shovel and carry more dirt than you. Let them carry that dirt. Be proud to help them to carry others when they need to be carried. Be carried when you need to be carried and just be a part of the community and help grow amongst yourselves. And through that lens, through that effort, we will see pockets of communities within America truly lead the way through any kind of darkness that may come. That's absolutely fantastic 100 percent. jason tell everybody where they can follow you Woo. all right so if you guys want to follow me my twitter is at mr beard of truth facebook you can find me I, I don't even know what my personal page is feel free to find me on the personal page of course <laughs> jason lyon uh but you can find us on muddywatersmedia.com you can find us on facebook youtube twitter twitch float odyssey for the live streams we've got four streams uh but you'll see mine fridays 2 p.m eastern uh right now we're I, I don't know what the schedule is for everyone else there um but and of course you can find my show on all of your favorite podcast apps uh just look for muddy wars media and of course mr beard of truth i dude today tonight was amazing Phenomenal. Uh, i love every single second of it i'm absolutely floored that we're literally at an hour and 10 minutes right now we didn't <laughs> even scratch the surface of what we wanted to talk about i wanted to get into new york city mandates oh. i wanted to get into global issues and, yeah and, oh my god but it's just there's so much going on you have so much information much. it's just too much to handle in one show so obviously we will be doing this again and very soon and oh, get yeah, into the rest of the nonsense, man. I, I, dude, I love you. I, You are a brother of mine. You're a friend of mine. Thank you so much for coming on. Hell and yeah, brother. You're just amazing. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the opportunity and love everyone and, and uh, love being a part of the fam and, and love you and, and appreciate everything that you've been doing. Keep, keep fighting the good fight, man. And I'm looking forward to the next time.
Yeah, for sure. You're one of the reasons that I am continuing to fight the good fight, man. If it wasn't for you, I promise you, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be here right now because I hit some dark spots there in December and it was you that, that kept me going. So thank you so much. You are a, a, an amazing leader, friend and mentor. I look forward to the next time that we get to talk and that will be very soon. Hell yeah, brother. All right. All right see you. See you. Absolutely fantastic. Freaking Jason line, Mr. Merka bearded truth. Go follow him. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, muddy waters media. Just absolutely great. Uh, I am stunned. I shouldn't be stunned, right? Because really, honestly, I, I should have known that we were going to get off into every little sidetrack and squirrel hole and rabbit trail. But that doesn't matter because there's so much information to be had. Make sure you go follow him. Make sure you follow Muddy Waters Media. And thank you so much, Jason, for coming on. Uh, just a fantastic conversation. I can't wait to actually get into the uh, the next few bits of what's going on because I promise you the, the the information and the passion that's coming out of Jason and me and just our whole crew and what we're willing to do to fight and study and figure out what it is that we can take the next step so that we don't have to continue down the path that we're going. We're going to take all of that. We're going to invest our energy into making sure that we can do what we can to move forward and not backward and erase some of this nonsense that we have got going on. So that being said, Steve, Stephen Andrew with Pete brother. Thank you guys. Man, thank you, Stephen. Thank you to all that have watched. We see you very soon. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. Actually, see you Monday night. And I am almost there now.